Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the 1099. I hope you're doing well, and you know, plenty of my friends and acquaintances have made the leap from games media over to the games industry jobs, but it takes a lot of luck and talent to land a job covering your favorite franchise of all time, and it also takes a lot of strength to step away from that job in the hopes of finding something more suitable. Folks, I want to introduce you to a dear friend of mine, a man who has welcomed me into his home and also his dog's heart. Uh, shout out to Roxy, former director of operations and business development and former social media manager for Capcom Esports, Mr. Michael Martin. Mike, my man, how are you? Uh, I'm great. Roxy misses you. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm dying. I'm, I'm glad so we never let that joke die. <laughs> <Yeah. but. laughs> uh, and I love it that Aiden's also in on it. Um, no, I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> Your true girlfriend is still here waiting for you. Uh, to come My back to love. Yes, yes. I'm great. I'm great. How are you? I'm good. It is it is so good to talk to you. We we last talked at length at least, uh not counting like Twitter DMs right. or something. Uh we last talked at E3, um, while you're still with Capcom, of course. Mm-hmm. And uh obviously it's it's just always so good to talk to you because you and I uh in so many ways kind of came up around the same time mm-hmm. and it, went it in very different directions very different directions although if if stars align maybe we'll have similar directions <laughs> who knows uh you got I, to work I, at the I, place that i've always wanted to work at <laughs> sort of i'm still i'm still not, I'm not i'm not even quite a contractor yet thanks yeah. uh shout out to ab5 and lorena <laughs> gonzalez assemblywoman uh gonzalez for just absolutely fucking my freelance career anyway <laughs> uh thing yeah things are going interesting there but uh you are coming off of uh stepping down from your job yes. at capcom uh it's only been two months a month or something uh, uh since you did that right? yeah about a month yeah. yeah yeah and of course if anyone knows anything about mr michael martin uh fighting games and street fighter especially mm-hmm. are like practically in your dna mm-hmm. uh you you of course grew up a huge street fighter fan uh your bread and butter when you were a games journalist was the fighting game community and street mm-hmm. fighter and evo and all that jazz uh and even you've even gotten your two sons in on street fighter i i loved seeing pictures of your kids going like oh it's blanca mm-hmm. Uh, so obviously it, it, it felt like, oh, wow, Mike's stepping down from Capcom and, uh, that that's not nothing. And today right. I really wanted to talk and, uh, and explore what it was like to be in, uh, the, that social media management role and also that director of operations and biz dev role, sure. uh, what you really learned from managing, like one of the most, really one of the most significant communities in video gaming, uh, the fighting game community and by extension, of course, street fighter and why sometimes, of course, everyone thinks like, oh, I got the game industry gig, like it's the dream job. Uh, obviously the reality is a little more uh, grayer than that and uh, why sometimes people have to make decisions like that to uh, change their jobs right. uh, even though maybe it is at a like dream company kind of thing right. so uh, I guess let's start off with for people who don't know you of course can you run us through your path from games media to Capcom by my brief career path my brief career yeah <laughs> um yeah, so I started out 
as a lot of people do on the games media side like uh <laughs> volunteering for you know writing for game oh, sites yeah. yeah uh and then exposure e- exactly and then you know being that guy who was like hey i can do this i'll write my or uh, i'll uh i'll create my own site and and i'll make it as big as ign someday um you know and like six months later or a year later the reality hits and you're like oh man this you actually need money to do this uh <laughs> So, but doing that, of course, put me on the path and, you know, shout outs to guys like Mitch Dyer um, and some of those, uh, um, some of the guys back in the day who were doing like pitch jams. Um, I, I don't even think I participated in like the very first pitch jam, um, but I, I just remember at some point throwing out some pitches and getting some feedback. And that was like my, the genesis of like, hey, I think I can actually, you know, at least start freelancing in games media. Uh, so, you know, I threw out some pitches. I started getting some work here and there. Um, and eventually <laughs> I got to a point, see, I had a day job. I got to a point, I hated that day job. I, I worked there for seven years and I hated every single day of it. And bookstore, I, right? Uh, yeah, the college bookstore. Yeah, uh, I, I had I had a very similar job. Yeah, uh, and I remember that. Boy, oh boy, that yeah. thing sucked. Yeah, and, and you know, when you're, when you're doing something like that, uh, day in and day out and it's just not fun it's a dead-end job like I was never going to get promoted or I, I I'd seen people get promoted or hired in positions above me and uh, I needed a way out so I did whatever I could I went back to school got my bachelor's degree uh, freelance you know on the side all of this all this while we have like young children at the time um, our youngest son was born at the time um, but real quick, uh, I decided to freelance full-time at some point and quit my job. So I did that. And the more I freelanced, um, I was getting, you know, I was doing enough work at places like IGN and uh, at the time like Red Bull Esports and some other places. Uh, but I also saw my sort of my freelance career shifting from like general games and traditional games media to uh, esports. Um, and specifically fighting games. And I kind of became this fighting game expert in, in games media, I guess you could say. Oh, yeah. Uh, and so going from freelance, I got hired at Yahoo Esports where uh, I got to kind of do more things. The things, actually some things I always wanted to do. You know, if you want to work at a place like an IGN or a GameSpot, writing's great and you need to do that. But you also need to, you know, be like an on-camera personality. Like you have to be a host for just about any of these sites in some fashion, right? You're going to be on video in some way or another. Um, and Yahoo Esports was great because it gave me an opportunity to do that. Uh, and unfortunately, Verizon bought Yahoo. <laughs> and that <laughs> sale finally went through like after a few years. And uh, Verizon decided they didn't need a lot of sites, actually. It wasn't just Yahoo Esports. They laid off. They shut down in a bunch of verticals and laid off like 3,000 people. And that probably doesn't even count contractors. I was a contractor. Um so I, I imagine that number is like, you know, way bigger. And this was in 2017. I uh, got laid off in the middle of E3. Uh, the, the, the day after that, news actually broke. We knew beforehand, but um, the day after that news broke, I beat uh, Austin, <coughs> Austin Creed in a Street Fighter tournament. <laughs> <laughs> um, but at that point, I was all, already also talking with um, some people at Capcom, and I had already done interviews and things like that. Um, if you if you've ever if you're familiar with this industry at all, it, sometimes it takes months to get from interview to getting hired, uh, and eventually got hired at Capcom as a social media manager because I had ties obviously to the community. I was doing a lot of media work that 
particular role was supposed to involve more media-related work, and I'm sure we'll get into this in a little bit, um, but I kind of ended up doing a lot of other things instead or, like, in addition to that. Um, and eventually, uh, when there was a change in, in leadership um, at the end of 2018, yes, uh, that's when I basically pitched myself as uh, the director of operations for esports, and they went for it. <laughs> Boy, I want to def- wow, I want to talk about how the hell do you pitch yourself as like, by the way, give me this way bigger job. <laughs> so uh, do we want to talk about that now? No, we'll, okay, we'll, we'll get we'll, into we'll that. Get that. Okay, yeah, okay. for sure. Yeah. Because uh, I, uh, I, suppose... I think there's some value there. Uh, I actually, oh, saw, yeah, I I actually saw a tweet yesterday or the day before um, where I, re- I replied that, yeah, I basically pitched my, my job. Um, and so I think there's some value there. It, it, it's funny you kind of mentioned like so many jobs in this industry, of course, take on uh, more or a wider uh, number of responsibilities mm-hmm. than their job description do. Like even Josiah Renan, former host of the 1099 and my roommate, uh he he is a like uh portfolio manager game content manager basically like you know biz dev Mm -hmm. lots of talking to developers and all that but he kind of like fell into the role Mm -hmm. too of uh right like i think being the voice of ea's like official blog or at least a Uh, lot of their blog posts Uh, Because there were a lot of things that they were like, hey, Josiah, you came from journalism. Do you want to write this? Mm -hmm. And it's it's just funny how uh, little little things like that kind of creep back up in careers. Yeah. But yeah, uh, so you went to... You got the job as social media manager, and you were there for a year and a half. You were there at that specific job for about a year and a half? Mm -hmm. Yeah, roughly. Uh, So uh, that was for Capcom, right? And this goes back to what you mentioned like dream jobs like uh and also actually what you just mentioned about kind of falling into things my intent as a games journalist or being in the games media was to work at a place like ign uh my dream was to work with guys like greg miller and brian altano Mm -hmm. uh you know like going into the office every day and seeing those guys was like my my ultimate goal uh, of course, <laughs> Greg and those guys quit uh, when they started kind of funny. Brian's obviously still there. Um, but it's weird because, like, I just n- I never made it. And, uh, you know, if I'm honest, I was a little bit resentful for a while. But, uh, you know, things just work out the way they work out. And it's funny because I ended up working somewhere, Capcom, where it's only a few blocks away. So sometimes you walk by yeah. that office. You're like, Stone man, man. throw. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, man, I, I, you know, I really wanted to work there one day. Um, but, yeah, it was, it was weird because I just kind of, I guess – not really fell into the the social media manager position because I was kind of sought out for that. Um, that does obviously happen. You know, you do you do good work, you do hard work, um, and you get noticed. And sometimes people want to seek you out for things. Um, uh, but the idea that I wanted to work at Capcom, like that, was never really a thing. I never considered that until I uh, until you know those discussions started happening. I'm like, whoa, I'm I'm about to start working at Capcom. Um, obviously on esports, like I don't work on Street Fighter or the brand, uh, mm-hmm. but still because they're so closely tied, it's like, man, this is like the coolest thing. Like I'm working in, I'm working on with the the thing that has sort of defined me as almost as an adult and as a gamer. Um, because Street Fighter Two came out in arcades in 1991, I was a freshman in high school, <laughs> so I was practically, I mean, not an adult, but like you know, I I wasn't I wasn't a kid. 
a little kid when when this thing you know became popular so uh and and spending years and years playing those types of games and uh building up friendships and 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 being a part of different communities like yeah it's it's pretty wild to to all of a sudden be working on stuff like that i bet i mean did it did it feel the thing that always intimidates me or like that i i start to kind of think in my head is oh yeah it's so easy to uh uh be a games journalist and look at a company and say like well why did they communicate this way or why did Mm -hmm. they communicate that way but then when you have the job of course uh it's funny and frustrating i imagine how how much uh like a single business decision how many like meetings that can take how many like back and forths that can take and it, it must have been a whole new world for you in terms of uh well you're you're now a voice for a thing that helped define you as a young person and an adult uh so it must have felt like it had a really big impact yeah i mean even as a professional you go from being someone who has written about you know the game and esports uh specifically and and you know honestly sometimes criticizing things right to mm-hmm. now you're now you're working on these things and uh that that transition of of being like a critic to well now i'm working on these things and i'm on the other side of it uh uh, obviously you have to you know learn what to say and what not to say now (laughs) um (laughs) in 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 terms of like the work you're doing but um yeah i mean it's it's it is a that's that's like part of it and then yeah like because i've had a very i think close tie to the community um, again, like I wasn't on the brand side. I don't speak f- for Street Fighter. Um, people want me to or wanted me to, right? But I don't speak for the brand. I can only speak for esports. Um, however, like uh, I understand that you know, especially in the time that I was there, uh, there wasn't someone, uh, there wasn't a public facing person specifically for Street Fighter. So you know, it's it's understandable that people would want to come to me, um, whether it's positive or negative uh in terms of the game but you know the i think the difficulty is is the outside people on the outside not understanding what you do and don't have control of and of course there's reasons for that um you know not a lot of that is is public or can be talked about of course uh but you know i i tried to distinguish a lot to like look you know i hear i hear you guys but i i i i'm in esports and those are the things that i i do have i guess some control over mm-hmm well, let's dive a little into that in a minute. I, I do want to ask, too, mm-hmm. on a personal level, mm-hmm. of course, this was a, a big change in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you oh, yeah. Had previously lived in the Seattle area, <laughs> and you had to move to godforsaken San Francisco, of all places, yeah. uh, and move your family, you know, uh-huh. two very young sons uh-huh. and uh, a wife. And uh, had, had you two married by then? I no. Think you... We got married no, here. Yeah. 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 Uh, cause I remember seeing the, uh, like the courthouse yep. photos, yep. uh, you, you two looked very beautiful. Thank but... you. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was it like kind of uprooting, uh, not just yourself, of course, but an entire family and, sure. um, taking this new step. I, my dad was in the army, so we moved a lot and, uh, it's weird because I can actually see in in myself when I've been somewhere what I kind of quote unquote consider too long. Uh, I start to get like the I don't know what you call it like the 
not really wanderlust, but like, you know, it's like, oh, it's time to move again, right? And it's usually yeah. like a two, three, or maybe three or four year uh, span. Like, well, more not my welcome here. It's time to move on. Um, and so, but, you know, my dad retired in, in Washington, uh, in the Seattle area. And I lived there basically from the time I was like, I don't know, 12 to, you know, a couple years ago. So my, most of my, I guess, childhood slash adult life, all my, all my adult life was in Washington. Uh, and I've always been around my family and I have a very small family. So, uh, one, knowing that I'm looking for a job that I'm even in games media, like the idea of like, well, you're, if you want to be serious about games media, you're probably going to live in one of three places, San Francisco, LA or New York. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that was tough, uh, because my wife's family is primarily also in the Seattle area. So we've, we, we fought a lot about the idea of like, I might have to take a job that well, you know, we're going to have to move. And she, she was, she didn't want to do that. Um, and, you know, if I'm being honest, and we talk about this stuff, uh, so it's not like I'm, I'm throwing her under the bus or, you know, this isn't public, but, like, she didn't really believe in a lot of what I was doing. She didn't have faith that I could actually do a lot of what I wanted to do uh, a few mm -hmm. years back. So, you know, I kept battling, and I kept going, you know, head down, pushing forward. Um, anyways, so, yes, two and a half years ago when I took the job at Capcom, like, I had to move to, to the Bay Area, and it's expensive, man. <laughs> um, it's crazy expensive. Um even even as far out as I I don't even I don't live in San Francisco I live like forty minutes outside by you know Bart train uh, right. in the East Bay right and it's still expensive, um, but uh, yeah I mean like the idea that I had to move, and and move away from like everything I know and the crazy thing is is I was like I felt like I was ready I'm like yo I've been here all my life I'm ready to move on I'm tired mm -hmm. of this place rain sucks uh, <laughs> I get down here I spend a couple years here I'm like yo it never rains here. <laughs> It's actually yeah. it's actually raining today right now. Uh, I can hear it, <laughs> and I'm just like I didn't think I'd miss rain that much. <laughs> uh, me too, though. Like it, it started like, it started raining just a little bit yeah. like, the other month, and like we'll never get well, you're, snow here. You're from LA, an yeah, like you're from an area where you actually get seasons, right? Uh, yeah, like Illinois is like psychopathic yeah. about it. Yeah, uh, I have a friend um, who who is in the fighting game industry, uh, runs. Uh, combo breaker back there in in illinois um in the kind of chicago area and yeah but he worked at twitch and so he moved out here also and his, his uh but he's from minnesota actually and so his he he moved back home recently to minnesota um start his family and everything uh and he's like yeah i love having seasons <laughs> um but at any rate i i realized I did come to realize that I miss things like obviously rain, um, but my friends and of course my family, I miss my family. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't get to see some of the close friends I have back home as much. Um, usually it's when I travel, we go to events, right? Um, those are the things I do miss. And it, it is, you know, it's still kind of hard to kind of, I guess, come to terms with that. But uh, man, the weather's great down here. That's the one thing. So we, we you know, we we do like where we're at, although I wish I was somewhere a little more affordable. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, uh, Aiden and I, as as they uh, as they start to look at uh, post graduation plans mm -hmm. uh, from Berkeley, there, uh, it's it's all just like a, a numbers game of like, all right, should I move up there? Should you move down here? Like, where where can like two yeah. poor ass freelancers like make it happen? But yeah. 
Uh, I, I'm glad your friend likes Minnesota because he gets nine seasons of snow. He gets yeah. nine months of snow. He loves so. that stuff. Yeah, that I think that's the thing he missed the most. <laughs> tell me, um, tell me a bit about. So you do the social media job, mm-hmm. and then to, do tell me about the how. How did you pitch to Capcom leadership? Like, hey, make me the guy in charge of so much more. So it's not often that you're in a situation, and I and. I think that pitch probably just speaks to my career in general. Um, uh, I think you you mentioned this, but as any, anyone who's been in games media uh, or maybe even the game in, games industry in, as a whole, can t- if you've been in long enough, you know. Um, yes, it, it, there's a level of how hard you work. There's it's it's about your skill sets, and yeah, it is about people you meet. You have to make uh, you have to build relationships. The two things that I think are most important to me is the one thing that's most important to me is building relationships. I've always felt like I need to build relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't like drama. Uh, I don't want to, you know, get into like beefs with people on, you know, uh, online. And I've been in plenty of those, uh, especially in fighting games. Um, it just seems to sort of naturally breed there sometimes. Um, but uh, build relationships. That's the number one. Th- I mean, I feel like that's, that's, that goes for anything. Build relationships. Um, because you never know someone down the line might remember you and be like, yo, you might be a good fit for this job. Um, but the other thing is luck. I mean, sometimes you just get lucky. Uh, you know, I got lucky that someone wanted to, I built a relationship and someone wanted to uh, get me into IGN news freelancing. Um, I got lucky that, uh, I got approached to work, you know, like at Yahoo esports, um, because I was, was around the time I'm ready. Like I was ready to be done with freelancing and, mm-hmm. you know, I got lucky that, uh, Capcom esports wanted to look for, uh, someone to kind of help, um, in a lot of ways, but you know, the social media position, um, doing content there, I was actually supposed to do a con- more content there than I actually ended up doing, but I felt like I was in, uh, also helping in other areas, which led to uh there's a change in leadership happening and uh i'm like well there's (laughs) i have options here um i can i mean i can quit although that wasn't really you know necessary that wasn't really on the table it's not like i was going to be forced out uh or um i can if they're going to hire someone i can just put my name in that right Mm -hmm. and i actually got help from the outgoing director who was my boss of course um putting together a pitch and i basically went to our ceo and i I pitched him the idea of like hey make me director i'm already involved in all of this you know i already i deal with all the partnerships the partners um and here's my here's here's my org chart so you don't even have to worry about like you know having to put all this stuff together um, cause actually it would have been an, an, an incoming CEO also who would have had to de- deal with that stuff and it worked. <laughs> All I can say is it worked. I got a, I got emails and calls and, you know, one thing leads to another and, and I got promoted from social media manager, um, to, uh, director of operations, um, at BD and ops. Um, and that's actually a pretty big jump. Like, I've yeah. seen people oh, yeah. get promoted from something like an associate or maybe even a specialist to like a manager. Um, uh, obviously, I came in as a manager level. If you're if you're familiar with like sort of corporate hierarchy, usually you start somewhere like entry levels, like a specialist, right? 
um and then there's like associates and then there's managers and uh and then you kind of go up you know into like the senior staff level um so it's kind of a jump but uh yeah i mean i basically pitched it and and the thing is is i'm like what's the worst that can happen they say no i still have my job like they're not gonna fire me um but they say no and you know okay well they go look for they spend you know however weeks and months looking for someone to hire um or they have someone who already is here who has all the knowledge and and understanding of of how we run this thing and you know we just kind of round it out with uh with uh, some extra uh headcount it it always feels nice of course when you can make your boss or like the hiring manager kind of kind of just be like Oh yeah, no that this this makes sense. I don't. I'm glad I don't have to think too hard about yes. this. You know, <laughs> here's the thing. What? I guess if there's one thing I learned out of that is, uh, if you can, I guess, I guess if you can not necessarily do the work for someone, but like if you are in a situation where you can do work where your boss doesn't have to worry about like, oh man, I was, I wasn't sure how I was gonna manage that, or I wasn't sure how I was gonna, you know, like. Uh, uh, look for look for employees, or like they were afraid I might have to take employees from another division, whatever. Right? Like the mm-hmm. that's that. I think that was a big selling point for them. It's like they didn't have to worry about that. There was all someone had come up with a plan already, and I think that's. I think there's something to to take from that. Like, uh, you know, having the initiative, uh, having initiative, um, like that. Uh, hey, you want something done? You can go ask for it. You can go ask your boss, right? I think this is just just in general. You can go ask your boss, but if you don't have the plan for how it's going to happen, you know, they may just say no cuz what? I mean, now now what? They got to come up with a plan? No. You want something done, you want to take the initiative, come up with a plan, see it through all the way and then pitch it. And then, yeah. you know, there I think you have better odds of of getting a yes. Because it's like you say, the the lower on the ladder you get, the more kind of like specialized roles that there are mm-hmm. in a company. And the higher up you get, of course, it's it's broader. It's more sure. general. You're making bigger stroke decisions. Right. Uh, and it's the boss's job in that context to take a look at your specific plan that mm-hmm. you used with your specified knowledge and say, okay, this this looks like it will fit in the broader scope of my vision for this company. Right. Uh, and and he gets to use your specific knowledge yeah. in that broader sense. And yeah. Tell me, tell me, what did it look like uh, that that chart that you kind of laid out for your boss? Because uh, obviously that had to have had. Uh, decisions you wanted to make or, or paths or strategies you wanted to implement. Um, and obviously something about it spoke to uh, him or her. And that has to have played a role in how you approach the director of operations job. What, what did that look like? What were the things that you wanted to really attack? Um, well, so I didn't really get specific into, I guess, the operations side of it, just because I think the 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 foremost thought was like, all right, well, what does this team look like, you know, in two or three months, right? Um, and this goes this goes back to, um, I guess the, I don't want to say misunderstanding, but the, to be clear, like I worked for Capcom USA when I first started there, and then esports shifted over to Capcom Media Ventures, what would eventually mm-hmm. become Capcom Media Ventures, um, mm-hmm. and that is yes, it is Capcom, it is a Capcom company, but it is also a different company. Uh, so for me, it was just more about let's uh, let's let's have this team 
um, you know, with I, myself as director, uh, have someone come in uh, or keep, you know, some of the, the team, the staff that we have uh, that are working on the daily things, the operations of uh, and the logistics of uh, running things like the Capcom Pro Tour and whatnot, uh, but also bringing in um, you know, some, some new staff that we could, um, focus on our own event management type things, uh, you know, which Capcom, we, we do Capcom cup, right? Um, the way the pro tour works is the way most of the events on the pro tour works is we have tournament organizers who run their own events, um, who, you know, are a part of the pro tour, but we have our own events like the Capcom cup, um, which we own and operate. So really it was just more of, to me, it was more of like, all right, how do we sort of keep <laughs> what we've established yeah. uh, going forward and then build off that? Um, I think for me, that was mostly the plan. Uh, everything else was just kind of like, you know, we, you know, we'll figure the, we'll figure like the new stuff out or we'll, fi we'll figure out like any new directions we need to go. Um, but first, I think my, for me, the most important thing was keeping the foundation that we had built. How how would you describe that foundation? Um, I mean, like I said, it was it was a matter of like keeping I think this the the staff the knowledgeable staff that we had uh, mm -hmm. around, um, and also bringing in some uh, uh, some like fresh talent, uh, especially on the event side, uh, to kind of build off that. Um, and you know, like I'm in a new role too, right? Like I, I this kind of goes back to what I mentioned. As a social media manager, um, I'm doing a lot of, um, I'm doing content, but I'm actually doing a lot of sort of the, what you mentioned with like, like Jos Josiah and EA uh, or his company, uh, where he is doing a lot of blog posts and things like that. Like I'm still doing that stuff too, right? Mm -hmm. um, I'm doing that for Capcom Esports uh, at Capcom as a social media manager. And now as a director, I'm, but at, before I became director, I was more involved in sort of the operations side than I expected to be. Uh, and especially like planning things like uh, the format of like the pro tour and stuff like that hasn't significantly changed, but the things that we've had to tweak here and there um, and rules and things like that, I became heavily involved in and I wasn't expecting that. But what I found was there's, there's, there's sort of two reasons to this. What I found was uh, I actually started to like it more. One, because I felt like I was actually making more of a difference uh, in instead of like, you know, writing the, the, the random blog posts like, hey, we've got some right. new CPT content or whatever, right? Um, I found I was making more of a difference and I was also starting to retract from the public at this point. Uh, and that I think made, uh, for me, a clear and better choice to be the director because then I don't have to be as public facing maybe as I have been. Mm -hmm. It's always so interesting, of course, when, yeah, someone wants to make a decision like that, where of course, part of a lot of conversations I've had with uh, games media people of, of different uh, levels of experience um kind of tend to come back to what do you want your public role to be mm -hmm. like? I, I talked with Ben Hansen uh, a couple of months ago about min max games mm -hmm. and walking away from game informer after, I think like eight years. Right. 
and uh, uh, we we briefly touched on the idea of you know, people people who want to get into games media and do you want it to be so you can make cool stories so you can talk to interesting people so you mm-hmm. can you know make a difference here or there or do you want to be the person whose opinion and word is like very highly respected and like do you do you want to be famous or do you want to be or do you want to be a, a, a difference maker kind of thing and yeah, I, I, I can imagine that that had to have been a pretty big uh, factor in terms of like, well, you, you came from Games Media World and, you know, you see you idolize folks like Brian Altano, mm-hmm. who is on the homepage of IGN every other day on like Up at Noon or some other video series. And you see that. And then I think I've I've started to fall into this a little bit, too, with my uh, my weekend web producer job over at IGN. <laughs> I'm I'm not so much like a voice. I'm not so much like the voice of IGN on the weekends because sure. I'm not even I'm, I'm writing some news stories maybe. Sure. But like I found myself really, really enjoying the behind the scenes yes. work uh, where I'm helping other people maybe be the voice or like any any voice, any person who's like the voice of something you see probably had to go through an editor or a or a, a person who is helping mold them into what they are. Yeah. And I, I came from uh, college where yes. I helped other younger yes. students figure out what the hell they wanted to do with games media careers, if they wanted to do anything at all. And I missed that. So I think in my weekend job, I've, I've fallen back into helping the freelance news writers who are considerably younger or mm-hmm. less experienced than me and saying like, you know, ha- having a a loving but stern hand yeah. when it comes to uh, guiding their careers. I I just had the other day. I had to like help someone rewrite an entire news story because like it was rough. But like I I appreciated all the effort and like I know you're gonna try harder next time. Kind yeah. of things. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like for you, knowing you, that's sort of a natural inclination for you. Um, I don't know that it's necessarily a natural inclination for me. Uh, to be, um in the background or or even in honestly in a leadership role um there are there's a long period in my life where i actively avoided being like in a leadership role um just because i didn't want to be responsible for making decisions or anything right like i don't want to be that person um but i think being in this position uh, or wanting to be in this position i i guess is maybe uh, obviously how I've grown as a person and, and I don't know, maybe matured, but also, like I said, just wanting to sort of start to retract from um, public facing because, you know, in all honesty, uh, last year wasn't the roughest year. 2018 was kind of a rough year for me. Um, hmm. But I mean, I mean, I got to a point where I'm just like, I, I'm not, I am not the community manager or whatever, you want to call it for, uh, you know, for street fighter. And I am not the person that can speak on behalf of all of these things. Mm -hmm. And, um, when they're, when the toxic levels are starting to build up, um, people want to, you know, talk to, or honestly yell at, um, the most public facing people they can find at a company. And, you know, unfortunately a lot of times that was me. And, uh, I got to a point where, I, I, I felt like I needed to withdraw from that. And I thought this position would be part of that, although I still very much, you know, 
in a still very much public facing uh, just because I'm like, I'm still on social media, whatever. But I thought this was a good, uh, a good, also a good opportunity to try something new. That's the other thing I, I should mention is like, if you're not willing to try something new, um, especially in this industry uh, where, it, you know, it can eat people up, uh, chew them up and spit them out. Like you have to be willing to try new things. Um, and this was obviously a very new thing for me to try. And I was very willing to attempt that. Let's let's dig a little more into that because uh, I think as far as toxicity in the games culture goes, I think people maybe unless they're like already really involved in the community, they probably associate it more with like games media or saying like you know oh IGN of course they gave a ten out of ten they're bought by Nintendo mm-hmm. or uh, uh, or like. I only play Call of Duty because I don't want politics in my games, even though Call of Duty is incredibly <laughs> political. But uh, when you're dealing with something like the fighting game community, um, uh, let me preface this with saying, like, I I started following the fighting game community a little more heavily, like, around the time of, like, Long Island Joe mm-hmm. almost, like, cracking the top eight. Uh, or I think he did. Yeah, he got into the top, top eight. eight at Evo. Uh, Evo 2016, uh, yep. Yeah, during Street Fighter and uh, just seeing, you know, people shouting USA because this was like the the first time in a while that we just had like this really uh, likable Mm -hmm. American face and not necessarily someone from the Asian fighting game community. Mm -hmm. Uh, So like, of course, you know, it's geographics. We all cheer for the American. But uh, uh, I, I loved seeing that and I thought like, wow, this makes me really want to like explore Evo and explore uh, other parts of the fighting game community. And I think that the last few years have been like a real good boon for that. On the other side, of course, like a lot of service games, you know, who depend on a, a like lively engaged community mm-hmm. um, where things are changing every year. Uh, the, the, the controllers, the, not sorry, the controllers, but like the people with their hands on the uh, control, the, the steering wheel of a franchise, you know, might change year to year. Uh, yeah. What is, what are some of the biggest challenges in making sure that, one, of course, you're taking care of the the people that make your game what it is, the fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're also taking care of yourself because, like you said, in, in any corner of this industry, it can very quickly chew you up and spit you out. Right. So I think the first thing I would make clear is this isn't just specific to fighting games or video games. Like this is every sort of creative and this is every fandom, right? Mm-hmm. Um, when you go online, there's going to be negativity. There's going to be toxicity, especially as we've seen in the last five or 10 years, um, especially maybe the last five years with, uh, you know, certain movements in games. Right. Um, I don't even want to mention it just cause I feel like it lends, no. you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, but anyone who's been in the industry knows uh, whether you're on the journalist journalism side or the uh, you know the the development publisher side, um, that stuff's there, and you you obviously have to learn to sort of weed. I mean, you can see the levels of it, right? You know, like the trolling is the trolling. You have to learn to weed stuff out. Um, and I think for me, I, like every time I see someone say yo i got thick skin i got the thickest skin i can handle this i'm like you know until you've been in that position and until you've sort of you know taken your lumps uh day after day 
Mm-hmm. Uh, year after year. Year after year, month after month, year after year. I mean, sure, you may have thick skin. I thought I had pretty thick skin too, but at some point that stuff wears you down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just one of those things where like when you are in a situation that is negative, not that my job situation was negative, but when you're dealing with like negativity, which is you know primarily online, primarily social media, we see it every day. It's not just games. We see it every day on social media. When you're sort of stuck in that, uh, heck yeah, it it you know starts to affect you. Um, I'm playing through Dark Souls right now, and I just remember the first time I played through that game. Not, I mean, it's hard, but it's that's not what I guess affected me. But I just remember this game feels very lonely. <laughs> it's very dark, yeah. right? And I know that affects like that. The first time I played through it, like that, really affected sort of like my mood. I remember beating it and just feeling like this, this big huge sigh of relief that not only did i beat the game but like i'm done with this like i can move on from this very moody dark you know game anyways i've escaped (laughs) yeah i've escaped exactly um so you know as someone in the position that i've been in um especially one who is so closely tied to a community um of course i feel responsibility to that community of course i feel like i need to do the best i can to accommodate that community um especially on the esports side like again i don't have control over what happens with like the game and the brand right um that's just that i never had any any say whatsoever uh never been involved in that way and and um but you know as 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 community goes like uh, of course, I want to do the best I can for the community. I also have to do, you know, I guess what's best for my employer or do what I, you know, I have to carry out what I'm supposed to do uh, for my employer. Um, but I think what really what starts to, what's, especially for me, what started to affect me was, um, again, you know, when you're, a, when you're when you're a public facing figure and nobody knows who to go to and so they just constantly come to you and yes, Quite frankly, there's a lot of people who would just, you know, come crap on my doorstep about, you know, anything and everything. Um, uh, it got to a point where I'm like, okay, part of wanting to become the director of operations or whatever was so that I could withdraw a little bit. I could do my, mm. I could do work behind the scenes. Um, I still went to events, of course, because you know we have numerous events a year uh, and. You know, there I I always wanted to make myself feel like I'm I'm open and I'm available for anyone to talk to. I've never turned anyone away. I'm happy to talk to everyone, especially you know within that the community. Um, and I think that actually helped a lot. I think that helped. A, I think that people appreciated that um, that they knew anyone could come talk to me, whether it's a top player. Um, you know, I'll listen as long as you're respectful. I'll listen to you know average Joe, right? Um, I think that's the, the the big thing for me is like, you cannot like something, and I'm okay with that. Mm. I'm perfectly fine if if you don't like, and if you want to voice that opinion, I'm 100% okay with that. Um, what I'm not okay with is you know essentially harassing people, um, or disrespecting people. And I think we got to a point, or I got to a point where, you know, the toxicity levels were rising. Um, at some, in some ways, the disrespect, uh, and this is from primarily online community. Um, no one has ever come up to me in an event and, and talk shit to me. Uh, oh, absolutely. I'm not surprised. No one has ever all. done that. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's it's some infinitely. people that want to, but no one has ever actually done that. Uh, and, and so this is, this is mostly coming from an, you know, online, right? 
Um, and don't get me wrong, like this isn't the majority. I know it's a minority, but it's a very, yeah, yeah. as with everything, it's a very vocal minority. Um, and as those tox- toxic levels rose, uh, I, I withdrew more and more. And it got to a point where now people don't have anyone to yell at because I'm either not responding or I'm just blocking people that are just yelling yeah. just to yell, right? Um, and it, I would say uh, it wasn't until actually last September when I was in Tokyo uh, uh, for Tokyo Game Show, which was sort of an unexpected trip, to be honest with you. <laughs> um <laughs> I woke up in the middle of the night and, and, and I feel like I've endured a lot from the, you know, from, from being in this position, um, and, and from the community, uh, I woke up in the middle of the night, which in Tokyo, it's like daytime here. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I text my wife, I don't think I care anymore. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I, I actually started to, to get emotional, uh, at that point because, the thing that bothered me the most about that was I'm doing, I'm working in and doing something that I love. I'm working with, you know, people that I love. Uh, I'm dealing with the community that I love. Uh, but obviously I've gotten to a point where I'm not sure I care to do this anymore. Like I don't, I don't know that I care anymore uh, in general about any of this. And I think that's the part that, that hurt me the most that realization yeah and that, it, it, it's, it's that's sorry, that, that's when i realized i think it's time to get out i think it's time to move on yeah because it's one thing to say oh i got laid off at my games journalism job and sure. like that's tragic and really really sucks but like you still have a level of energy of like there's still things i want to do exactly like, hopefully i can find another place to do them and in game dev same idea like there's i i still want to do this work it just sucks yes. that i can't do it at this place that i i really like uh when you when you come to a realization that like you don't care it's almost like it's almost like a really not a bad breakup but like a miserable one uh where... so here's here's the thing though here's the thing so now you have a choice now you're yeah. now you're at a fork in the road do you continue to to work on this thing or do whatever it is, the job that you're doing, right? Um, do you take the paycheck, essentially? Do you just, you know, do you keep doing that, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever, you just put your head down, you just keep doing it. Or do you walk away and understand, understand if, you, if you understand yourself enough, you know enough about yourself that if you don't, if it's time to move on, if you think it's time to move on, um, do you walk away and find something else, right? That's kind of where I was at, like, in that moment. Um, and obviously with the work that I've done on myself as a person, um, mentally, you know, emotionally, whatever, uh, over the years. And like I said, being at jobs that I don't like anymore, not that I, I didn't necessarily like my job. There are some aspects that I, you know, of course I, I didn't, which a lot of that was related to like just dealing with like the negativity and the tox uh, toxicity. Um, do I, do I, do I walk away? Right. Uh, and, 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 you know, it didn't help that, like, I think the year before I also didn't have a break, I, uh, that leadership change for as great as it was, it also meant that I didn't get a break from the end of the year. Like, cause we went right, we finished out our season and we went right, I went right into, well, now we're starting up this, you know, where we have this new in leadership incoming and we got to hit the ground running. Mm-hmm. Um, so those things all kind of added up and i just think i got to the point where i'm like okay you know what 
Um, it's just time. I need to, I need to do something new, or I need a break. Probably both. Um, and that's when I decided that uh, it's time to just, you know, leave my job, <laughs> for better or worse. Uh, <laughs> my wife is scared. You know, I know she's, I know she's not happy about it. She's supporting me. Um, I pulled retirement from my one of my old jobs to kind of float me along just in case because, like I said, getting going from interviews to being hired at a job, it takes sometimes it takes months. Um, mm. But I think the best decision for me at the in that in that time frame was uh, take a break, reevaluate and focus and, you know, look for something new or something it, different, I guess I should say. And, and it's. Especially when you're you're in a role like yours, or you're in a, a life position like yours, where you mm-hmm. have a family to mm-hmm. to care for and a wife, and um, you had a you had a nice position at Capcom Media, but mm-hmm. you weren't like you weren't king of the hill, you weren't sure. a CEO, you yeah. weren't a C-suite kind of guy. I still report to people. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and you know it's one thing for someone like Shuhei Yoshida to say like i'm going to step down from whatever his job was at playstation because mm-hmm. like he'll be fine like he's already got whatever's next lined up that's the that's the the privilege of being that high up right usually or if or even if you don't even if it is like an ouster or something you probably have financial backing sure uh so to make a decision like this when you're at your kind of level is i think it's anyone who doubts that it's uh anything but personal is 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 wrong you know that's that's uh you you made a decision for the matter of your own health and the matter of your own well-being when you could have yeah you could have you could have stuck there and and said like well i'm still working with capcom and like you know anyone who doesn't look too deeply will think like oh he's got the dream job but of course games industry dream jobs uh are very very few and far between yeah and the even the dream jobs themselves uh have a lot of gray area and a lot of uh things to consider when you uh you have a lot of uh, things to care for in your life yeah i mean i think we're really what it came down to me uh came down to for me was if i continue doing this and I also start to buy in and really become, you know, negative or uh, uh, everything just, you know, kind of goes south, turns bad for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. That affects not only like my job, but like my home life. And um, a lot of people don't realize like I have older kids, like you, you know, uh, I have older kids and I, I wasn't a great dad for those kids. Uh, and I want to be a better dad for my younger kids, uh, older True, kids with yeah. an ex, right? Um, and I want to be a better dad for my, cause I got a second chance at, at, at doing a lot of things, but especially, you know, this thing. And so I don't want to be in a situation where something's making me miserable and I just bring that home and I continue to be miserable at home as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that takes a lot of self like reflection that it's, you have to be at a point where you can you know, look at yourself and, and understand these things about yourself and, and make the best decision for you. Uh, I'm all about like, Hey, you know, being loyal to a company or whatever. Um, I'm all about making, you know, decisions that are, are good for the company. Um, but I think primarily for me, it's like, I have to, I have to be able to make the best decisions for myself, uh, first and foremost. And at that, 
at that in that moment uh in in that last stretch from like september to december i knew it was like okay it's it's time to it's time to move on it's time to take a break and 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 maybe do something different yeah i think i think that's something that like especially in the last year or so uh i've i've started to learn more about what it means to have career aspirations when you also have other people in your life that you really, really care about. Because for a time there, it was it really, like, of course, I had my parents and like my little sister and and friends that I, I you know, love dearly and would hate to leave. But uh, <laughs> when I have a, a partner who I really, really care about and who I'm really, really serious with, uh, you, I think so many more things that I have to consider, like job-wise or or relocation-wise, of course, go through the filter of them, um, and that's not meant as a negative. Like, I, uh, I, I, I wrote a little like blog the other week uh, around time. I think, oh, I think it was like end of December or something, and it was about outer wilds mm-hmm. and this was around the time that like outer wilds was just winning every single like game of the year award. Cause it's, it's a really good game. Go play it. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was at a really like depressed low. I haven't seen my therapist in like three or four weeks. Cause he went on vacation and has been sick and blah, blah, that blah. Bastard. That bastard. How dare he have a life? <laughs> uh, and and I, I was just feeling like I was having one of those moments where it felt like all the walls were closing in and like nothing's going to go right and like I should just quit and give up and da 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 da. And so I started writing this blog, just think, trying to get my mind off of it, um, not even really intending to write it about necessarily something in my own life, mm-hmm. uh, but more like ruminating on uh, the, just the nature of time and and gaining knowledge and and perseverance in that game uh and eventually like halfway through i started writing about aiden my partner and i realized that like i was filtering so much of like my thoughts and feelings about perseverance and and uh this idea that like even though some bad shit is going down Mm -hmm. we're gonna weather through this together I, I realized I was talking about them, my partner. Mm-hmm. And I imagine for you, of course, like, yeah, it's got to be similar to of like, I've, I have this big decision I've got to make. And it's not just about like, oh, of course, uh, uh, what will my wife or kids think? But it's about what will the people I love the most who like, if I have nothing else, I have these people Will I be able to be there for them the way it counts, especially considering your your history, of course? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. That was a ramble. No, 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 one hundred percent. And and the thing is, I'm over here like, yo, I'm about to quit a job, and I live in the Bay Area. Yeah, uh, yeah. I have a family of, you know, I support a family of help support a family of four. We have a dog. We have a lizard. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, and we have family here. Um, uh, that lizard's gonna have to get a job yeah right uh <laughs> driving um, uber yeah i mean it i'm the first one to tell you don't joseph don't ever quit a job if you don't have one lined up i'll be the first yeah, one to tell you right, that right but at the same time i'll be the first one to tell you like yo you got to do what's best for you my guy um and I, I i truly felt like i'm in a situation where like i need to do what's best for me um, I wouldn't normally quit a job without having another one lined up. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, it's, I, I just, I, people need to take care of themselves. Everyone needs to take care of themselves first. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I truly feel like you are no good to anyone else if you are not taking care of yourself. And, and I mean, that goes for whether it's you're in a relationship, um, you're dealing with your family or friends or even your work, right? Like if I stayed at that job and for whatever reason just became so miserable uh, that, you know, what if it got to a point where like they had to fire me or whatever, right? Not saying it, mm-hmm. it was at that point. But what if it got to a point they had to fire me? Like then what, right? Um, uh, you truly need to be uh, be able to take care of yourself um, and you can't think about other people uh, unless you're, you know, unless you're in a position that you you are taking care of yourself first, because you're no good to anyone else if you're if you're not taking care of yourself. Yeah, and I, I think that's something that can apply to uh, any person working in the games industry or games media is uh, we. The joke being, of course, that we're always online mm-hmm. all the time now, and it doesn't matter if you're. Brian Altano or Rami Ismail or like Shuhei Yoshida. Uh, you're always on the small. clock. You're always on the clock. And someone tweets think, me about something esports related at like 11 p.m. on a yeah. Saturday night. Here I yeah. am looking at social media. I'm like, oh, let me respond to this, right? <laughs> I don't have to, but I mean, I guess I do. Or like, or like someone mentions like, Hey, I'm, I, I, I have this cool project or like, I'm looking to be on podcasts and it's 11 PM for me. And I'm like, shit, I need to like hit this up right now. Even when I should maybe like be paying attention to my partner or something or, or thinking like, Oh, I'll work until 10 PM just so I can knock all this out and have a better day tomorrow. You know, it's like, it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily work uh, out for the best that way. But uh, tell me a little bit about sticking with this topic, just mm-hmm. sort of tangentially. Um, of course, you were you were in a role that was like you were trying to step back a bit. But mm-hmm. um, I guess how do you how do you balance taking care of yourself, but also taking care of the interests of uh, the people in the fighting game community, especially pro players who are, of course, equally visible, um, probably going through a lot of the same things. Uh, what do you what do you do to make sure that those guys are happy um, without, of course, you know, sacrificing yourself on an altar? <laughs> right. Um, so I definitely feel like I'm in a position or I have been in a position. I think coming from the media side helped uh, because, you know, a lot of the players, a lot of people knew me before I worked at Capcom, Right. Uh, going into Capcom, yes, there's now some expectation that some people are going to want some things. There's some, you know, an expectation like, oh, you're going to do things that, uh, you know, like we want, whatever. Um, and that's just not how the real world works, right? I think I am, and, and again, this goes back to taking care of yourself. Uh, I, I tell people this all the time and they don't, you know, because they haven't known me that long. They don't, they don't believe it. Like I was a pretty shitty dude like 10 years ago, right? Like. I'm not the kind of person that anyone, any of you guys would have liked, um, especially when, you know, like I, I was, I was drinking, like I'm sober uh, and I don't yeah. have a problem talking about that. Um, 
almost I 10 met years. You, I yeah. met you in 2016, yeah. or maybe 20, maybe 2015. Yeah. Like even, even in that time, like you were, you were really starting to, I think, solidify your mm-hmm. path to recovery. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you were, you were certainly on it, but like, even in this past five years, I've noticed, you know, great leaps and bounds, yes. of course. So like I found, I, I process, found the person I'm I was sure. right. Like I found the person or that I should be right. Um, so the reason I bring that up is because I feel like I am a, I'm, I'm pretty good at like being the, the type of person uh, who can sort of separate a personal relationship from a business relationship. Um, mm. Am I very good friends with, or do I have very personal, good, you know, close ties with a lot of the players? Of course. I've gotten to know a lot of these guys over the years, both as like being a media person or following their careers or seeing them in a, at events month after month later. I've seen some of these dudes probably more than I've seen some of my own family at times <laughs> um, uh, at events because I realized like last month or last year, I I think I, w- I actually traveled at least one time every month. Um, uh, so um, yes, you need to take care of the community. And, and the thing is, it's not just the top players. It's like top to bottom. Um, there mm-hmm. is a... The fighting game community is unique, especially in terms of esports, because it is the community that supports it. And if you aren't taking care of that community, um, if you're doing things that are sort of that sort of actively go against taking care of that community, uh, you can you can create problems or you can set things back. Um, and so you know, I did the best I could in, in various ways uh, to, of course, further our goals because we have goals. Like, you know, I got a job. We have goals. We have KPIs. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, you know, like trying to manage um, doing what's what what's best for the community. Um, and it's and it's difficult. It's challenging, uh, especially, you know, when when you have things come up where the community is yelling at you, whether you're in you have control over those things or not. Um, uh, but like I said, I think I, I, I am in a position in my life that I can separate a lot of things uh, in terms of business versus personal. Um, and like I said, also being at an event where someone can talk to me, um, you know, I can't, I, I can't talk about a lot of things online. Um, but I mean, I can have a one-to-one conversation with someone and explain to them, you know, why this is that way or why this is this way. And, or, or, you know, how do we move forward from this? Um, there, I, I guess to give you an example, there are some events that we managed, or, you know, we we brought in new events to the Pro Tour, and that's always a boon for those events. It's a big deal. Unfortunately, there's also events that we had to cut out. And for me, the worst thing in the world is to have to go to a tournament organizer who I've known for, you know, a handful of years now and say, I, you know, I'm sorry, but you're not going to be, you're not going to be on the pro tour this year. Mm. Um, and most of those conversations have been, you know, professional of course, and have been, I guess, amicable. But if you think it doesn't kill me to have to go to a, uh, not only a partner, but like maybe someone I consider a friend for the last, you know, five or six years and tell them that they're out. Like, you know, that sucks. Uh, and I don't want to go too much more into that, but it is part of the business. And, and unfortunately, you know, that's, that, that's the kind of stuff you have to deal with when you're at a higher level position. Um, but that also goes back to like separating personal from business. And, you know, as long as they know it's not 
personal. Uh, nothing I, nothing I do is 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 born out of a I, I think a personal decision. Um, I yeah. think it's it's best for both, like the business that I'm running, but also, um, uh, or at least I I, I the decisions I make uh, are both are best for I, what I hope is both sides. I I think a lot of people, of course, you know, they'll they'll look at business people in the game industry and think, oh, okay, you know, they're they're just they're the they're the cutthroats. They're the people making those really uh, mean negative decisions. But if being friends with people in the game industry and being connected to the game industry for so long has taught me anything, it's that there there is no such kind of person like that. Mm -hmm. And any any tough decision like that. You know, if you think if you think like as a fan, like not getting this thing like weighs on you, it weighs so much more on the people who had to like make that call for any which decision. I mean, uh, there's the people that have to make that call and then there's the people that have to carry it out. Yeah. And it's it's usually the people that have to carry it out. that get, you know, the most flack. Uh, um, And, you know, yeah, that sucks. But I mean, you know, (laughs) I guess just relevant news uh you know they announced a new smash character today and yeah. it's not who anyone i think expected so the smash Violet dlc yeah fire emblem, i don't even know yeah. who that character is but i i mean i don't i, know I, don't, that is, I yeah. don't play fire emblem uh, at least that much so um but i mean it's not the character that that community wanted so you know of course they're gonna get roasted over it and then you know like in a couple days that'll blow over and the next thing will come along right that's how that's how social media is these yeah. days um, but the people like Sakurai or whoever on the team who you know had to like had to experience it being directed at them, sure, that doesn't that doesn't wash away. Sure, I mean they'll 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 remember that. that doesn't feel good. Um, no, yeah, and you know, and they're working hard uh, to to make what they feel is the best product available um, yeah. uh, for their fans. They understand. Like, if you're telling me they don't, they aren't cognizant of how the reaction might be. You know, with this announcement, uh, right. I mean, sure, I'm they're, they're they're fully aware. There's no way they're not aware, right? Um, but you know what? That's is this that's the decision that was made, and they have to carry it out. And you know, hopefully, it's a great character, and people will you know forget about it. Uh, um, but I mean, that's fandom for you, and that's what yeah. leads to a lot of the toxicity, uh, and that's what drives people. Out. The, my biggest fear um, is is a community driving it's community representatives away and i've i've seen that and i'm seeing that and uh if you think things are tough when you know you can talk to someone at a company Mm -hmm. how tough do you think things are going to be when you've driven those people away and there's no one to talk to at a company yeah, because because anyone at a position like yours or similar, like mid to upper level, uh, anyone who's gotten to that position has already determined like they're the kind of people on Twitter who like will respond to maybe one out of every you know two hundred tweets directed mm-hmm. at them. They've learned they and we have learned to filter like I don't have the energy to respond to this right now, so I'm not going to. To, to I shut get, down to. Yeah, I mean, well, to get, I with, with for a, I completely withdrew for a fan community to uh, uh, dig in at someone so much that yeah. they that they yeah withdraw if they were the kind of person who would respond to as much as humanly possible. Yeah, that's that's not a great thing. Yeah, but um, we'll tell you what, 
leaving on a a note of I'm not going to say optimism, but like just guidance, because mm-hmm. uh, you, you're someone I, I look up to uh, in, in a number of ways. <laughs> uh, you, of course, we talked a bit about um, you are in between jobs yeah. now, and yeah. we'll, be, we'll be sure to plug everything where everyone can find your stuff. But uh, when you're in the Bay Area or the mm-hmm. West Coast or you know a city, any city really, uh, and you you find yourself in between jobs. And you have all these things considered, maybe a family, maybe you know, rent and and life changes and et cetera. Mm-hmm. How do you stay positive, and how do you uh, keep your head in the game as far as the job hunt and making sure that you're not kind of left in the wind too long? How do you keep right. your head up in that situation for people? Because obviously, this is the games industry, yeah. and 2020 is going to have as many layoffs as any other year. <laughs> Uh, man, isn't that the, the the craziest thing? Every year I'm like, man, it feels like the worst year ever for that. And then it just managed to top itself. Yeah. Um, so here's here's the deal. I think there's, for me, I, and everyone's different, right? Like um, how everyone handles things uh, is different. For me, uh, you know, I talked about um, taking care of myself. Um, I'm in a position where I'm responsible. Like, look, quite frankly, I'm responsible enough that I can leave a job <laughs> and do the, you know, I, I guess the right thing or the next indicated thing after leaving that job. Right. Right. Uh, but also it really does also come down to a support network. Um, and you know, maybe that's where I didn't do a good enough job at times where, uh, I, I didn't use my support network um over the last couple years like i should have especially like in the last year where i worked from home primarily um capcom you know working out of the capcom usa office which is in san francisco when things shifted over uh to media ventures capcom media ventures they're based out of la um but i didn't move i'm i'm still in the bay area so i worked from home uh and i'm not it's i I mean i'm used to that i've done that a lot actually when i freelanced (laughs) i worked from home uh, when I worked for Yahoo Esports, unless I was traveling, I worked from home. Um, so, I, you know, like I'm responsible enough to do that. But I think also, uh, and you probably can attest to this too, um, man, when you're, when, you're, when you're solo, you're in your own head a lot too. Oh, yeah. And, Every single day. <laughs> and you don't, you don't even have the perspective of someone else like it. Sure, I can reach out, which I should. Uh, but you don't even have someone you can like literally just like lean over and like, yeah, can I just bounce something off you? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, using us maintaining and using your support network um, is, is critical. Uh, staying busy. I mean, I left a job probably at a time that's not the most ideal to leave a job because it's the fourth quarter uh no one's hiring like before the new year right like and i knew that but i wanted to take a break too so you know if you if you in reality like i've been you know out of work for like a month oh man there's the guard dog don't worry about it there's roxy <laughs> there there's your girlfriend roxy is that my man <laughs> taking a break taking a break. so, so I, I mean i took i took a month off we went to disneyland <laughs> yeah we had a planned trip for disneyland before i i, I left my job that we had to delay and um and so i took that month off and that helps of course because i can sort of recollect uh you know and and focus my efforts on whatever it is i need to focus on now i'm in a position of like okay 
uh, I need some jobs to open up, <laughs> but um, I have had certain, you know, a few discussions here and there. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, like, uh, oh, so <laughs> someone linked me to something and it's in Montreal and I'm like, well, this definitely oh, Canada, <laughs> yeah, this definitely fit like the role would be would be great. Um, I I would actually be highly interested in doing something like that, but um, the timing's not right. I don't think you have to understand too, like kind of where you're at, and mm -hmm. uh, you know we have we've been dealing with some family illnesses here recently, and I'm just like I don't think relocating to that degree, uh, not only moving across country but you know to a different country is the right move right now. So you have to understand those things. Um, you really have to be aware of your situation. You know, of course, taking care of yourself, use, uh, maintaining and using your support network um, and, uh, and being aware of like, you know, what your situation is. But I think the, the one thing, I don't know if I'd say I'm struggling with, but I think the one thing that I haven't really sort of resolved and, and that isn't clear to me is what exactly do you wanna do? Because if you look at my career, I've done a lot of different things. Mm. I've done media. Um, I've done, I guess, marketing. Uh, I shouldn't say I guess. I've done marketing, um, you know, specific like to like esports. Um, community management and development. Uh, uh, operations, like league ops. I've run, I have run the biggest um, fighting game league out there. Like I've, I've, mm -hmm. I've, 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 I've been involved in, and I've run that. Um, so, so where, where do I go? Do I stay in esports? Do I, you know, do I do community management? Do I do marketing? Um, I think for me, it's like figuring out, you have to, you have to setting goals. You have to figure out what it is you want to do. You have to set some goals. Uh, and I think for me, those goals have been unclear, uh, maybe until recently. Um, so right now I'm kind of in a situation where I'm figuring out what those goals are. I'm talking to people. Uh, I'm asking for help. Um, that's the hardest thing I think to do out of all of this is ask for help because it shows you're vulnerable. Um, it shows that it's, it's embarrassing, right? Like, Hey, I need help. I need help looking for a job or I need help doing, I need help. Mm -hmm. I need help. Like I need you people to come support my stream. <laughs> Right, yeah. like nobody likes asking for those things uh, because if it's embarrassing or you feel vulnerable, but I mean, or you feel human. like maybe you feel like maybe you're exploiting a friendship or that too, you know. I I know that all too well. Uh, like, yeah, with with recent job applications, I hit up every single person I knew, and I'm like, I, I know if we actually lived in the same city, you you and I would be buddy buddy. Right. But like for right now, I just need you to fulfill a role for me, right? So I can so I can take this next step and be a better and friend. And I'm the and first person, person that you. would offer that help, right? Right. But here right. I am now, I gotta ask for it. Um, and so those are the things you kinda have to, I have to resolve. Uh, and and, and I, th I think the, the circular way back to answer your question is, right now it's just a matter of staying busy, obviously keeping my eyes open, having some discussions. Um, and honestly, I think look for some, this is an opportunity for me to also kind of look to do some new things. Um, I mentioned on Twitter recently that like, yeah, I'm looking for jobs and I want to try, I want to do, you know, something cool, different, whatever. Um, but I'm also looking at opportunities like, hey, if you need like a guest host on a podcast, I haven't done that in forever and I love podcasting and I'm be, I'd be happy to, you know, be on a podcast, right? Mm -hmm. um, 
or uh, uh, or maybe it's time to try some either some new things, new content related things, um, or go back to maybe some things that I thought of. Like, man, I saw a story recently. Um, uh, Serial Vasquez, who used to work for Game Informer, um, mm. they had a bunch of layoffs last year. Uh, wrote a a fantastic story about. Uh, Mike Ross, who is a prominent fighting game community figure, um, who I saw that that was a really good story. It's yeah. a fantastic story, and you know what? I wanted to write that story. I've been wanting to write that story for like three years, two or three. And years. Mike Ross was a a fighting game community guy who actually stepped away for completely. A long time, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, <laughs> I took a step back. This man went off the grid. Yeah. Just went completely dark off the grid. I wanted to write that story. I've been wanting to write that story for a couple years. Um, I also have some personal history, <laughs> but he, you know, he did it, and I'm like, <clears throat> well, <laughs> there's one of the one, there's one of the things I wanted to do forever, um, right? You know, off the board, but it also sparked a, a little, I don't know, interest, I guess, again in like, I don't know, maybe I should try, maybe I should try pitching some stories and and doing some work, some media work, yeah. games media work again, right? So I guess this goes back to like, I'm still trying to figure it all out, but yeah, I don't have a, <laughs> don't tell my wife, I don't have a specific plan, <laughs> but, don't worry. I, but I'm doing I, I the best. I, it, right? I don't think she'll make it deep, this deep in the podcast. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can to figure it out and, and use that support uh, network that's there for me. I've had friends who are of course helping me out and are like, Hey, if you want to apply at so it's such and such place, let me know. I might have a contact there or you know, whatever. Right. So, yeah. Well, for people who want to support you, uh, just generally, where can they find you on social media? And is there, is there anything you want to kind of promote, uh, to keep an eyes on? Well, obviously I'm on Twitter a lot. I'm even browsing Twitter as we speak. I see all these new game delays that are being announced and, oh, and DLC characters. Um, but yeah, at bizarro underscore Mike, that's one Z and two R's. Um, I got a lot of free time, so I'm streaming a lot more. Uh, I've been I've been streaming on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash Bizarro Mike. There is no underscore in that. Um, so just twitch.tv slash Bizarro Mike. Um, it's very cute. Street Fighter with the kids a lot yeah. or whatever you're playing. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm trying to do on weekends uh, when the kids are around, I, I try to do more streams with them. Um, I thought that would be a fun way for us to kind of like play games together and, and um, you know, just do a new thing i don't know maybe someday they'll be uh, uh live stream pros too yeah <laughs> um they'll have skins in fortnite based on them yeah right uh um but yeah i mean that's primarily the the big ones of course i you know i have instagram and whatnot but i mean you can find that stuff through through twitter anyway uh i'm almost 99 percent connected uh to twitter throughout the day uh, and yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I'm, I'm putting myself out there, uh, to, to do or try a, a lot of different or new things. Um, I, I have been invested in a community for a very long time and it is very hard to kind of like walk away from that. Um, especially when you feel like you, you kind of lost faith for a while in that community. Uh, and then you get it all back when you're like at your last event and every single person is just like, thank you for everything you've done. You know, you're taking pictures and you're like, I don't even know if I'm going to see this person again or anytime soon. Um, but uh, uh, I, I I, definitely feel like I want to be more involved in in 
I guess a lot of different communities or maybe even different, you know, try being more involved in, in newer, different communities. Um, so yeah, I've always, I'm, my door is always open on social media. So please feel free to, to follow and, and chat with me about a lot of different things, life, games, media, games, whatever. Dogs. Dogs. <laughs> And folks, let's help Michael out. Let's let's make sure that he continues to be a part of this wonderful community. And of course, I thank all of you who listen to the 1099 each week in and out. Or if you're just popping in uh, every couple of random episodes, something catches your eye. I appreciate that too. And you can feel free to share the show on Twitter, social media. Uh, that really helps us kind of expand our reach and get more listens uh, leave us a review on itunes or wherever else you listen to podcasts that helps us rise in the rankings too and helps us get great guests like michael here and of course we are wishing michael the absolute best luck i uh, i hope i'm going to see you around gdc so i can uh buy you a drink or uh maybe get lunch or dinner or something with you and uh, yeah you'll have to tell me your schedule because uh, i don't i always forget when gdc is it's in the spring march. right march yeah, yeah. uh yeah, yeah just tell me your schedule i'm sure a lot of people are going to be around too and i should probably do my due diligence and and at least connect with people yeah uh, <clears throat> just go hang out in like the hotel uh lobby exactly. like the, the w like everyone yeah. yeah like everyone else does um uh, but yeah i mean i think that would be a i, I mean i'd love to to meet up with anyone and, and chat uh i guess uh it, should, it at least gets me out of the house which i'm not doing enough of lately <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And folks, yeah, if uh, if any listeners are going to GDC, feel free to reach out and say hello then too. Um, we've got a couple of great guests lined up. We have Simon Parkin, the New Yorker writer, uh, lined up. He'll be either the next episode or the one after that, uh, covering his book, A Game of Birds and Wolves, which is about uh, a team of like British Navy workers, all women, um, they were called Wrens, uh, who helped d design a like life-size board game to help combat German U-boats. So that's going to be really interesting. And I got a couple of couple of guests that I, I can't like 100% confirm right now, but it's it's more or less locked in. And uh, I'm really excited to share those two. So please stay tuned and have a great rest of your January, everybody. <laughs>